Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday and welcome to episode number 33 of the Still City Insider Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside Tim Wexel. And today we are going to talk about the first Steelers preseason contest, Steelers versus Seahawks. Jim, how are you doing this fine Monday morning? I'm much better, Jeremy. I'm going to go to practice today. I'm uh, COVID uh, uh, has gone through me and uh, out of me, and I had the week off, and I missed the greatest preseason game in Acrisure Stadium history. <laughs> well, it, it was a doozy. I was there in person. Oh, I, wow. Yeah, yeah. So I had the opportunity to take all of my kids, which was a little difficult. Um, but we had a blast. We got to see the roaring ovation that Kenny Pickett got when he came out on the field. And what a dramatic way to end the contest. Contest. We're going to get into all of that. Um, but Jim, let's we'll, we'll start with the offense, shift over to defense. We're going to jump right in here. Uh, how about we start with what are we going to do with Kenny Pickett? Let's start with quarterbacks. You know how fans are. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll I'll get started on this one, and I know uh, you're going to strongly disagree with me here, but I've said from the outset that Mason Rudolph, to me, is trade fodder, and I expect him to be moved, if not before the end of training camp, maybe that week leading up to the, the first game against Cincinnati, because why are you going to draft a guy to sit on the bench and not be your number two should Trubisky not play well? But here's what I'd say. I think Kenny Pickett played a good game. I think maybe we're overhyping it a little bit. He he was sharp on his throws outside the numbers, little check down passes. He didn't attack the middle of the field. His one deep ball was behind the receiver and I didn't see a ton of zip on his throws. Um, he needed touch for the passes that he did throw, but he did show a lot of moxie. He was mobile. He can move. And I thought Trubisky played well uh, and hit his limited snaps. Mason, I still still saw the flat footedness despite that uh, big pass to George Pickens, but I think all three played well, but I'd have to say Trubisky to me stood out picket number two and I'm not biased. I swear, but Rudolph number three. Yeah. Um, I I'll stick with uh, Trubisky one Rudolph two and Pickett three. I don't know what Pickett doesn't know. The coaches know uh, everything seemed limited for him. I don't think he's ready to step into a Cincinnati Bengals game at their stadium yet. So uh, I, I, you better give me a lot for Mason Rudolph because you're going to get some at the end of the year when he leaves in free agency. You're going to get a comp pick anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, he doesn't cost any money, and I see no point in – I mean, if you get overwhelmed, if you get a third or fourth I, or, or a fourth, I don't know why you wouldn't. Mm -hmm. But uh, Pickett was great. I think uh, uh, that's that that was the uh, uh, that was the main point of the game. Uh, that was the main uh, takeaway I had was that he and, and I wrote this before. He is their best pedigreed quarterback. It's pretty obvious in, in practice mm -hmm. that he has the best combination of all the skills. But I don't think he's ready yet. No. Uh, I well, so why do you want to trade to set guy who is ready? So here's my take on that: is if you're going to draft a guy in the first round, See, that's all. That's all fan logic. Uh, who's ready now to play the Cincinnati Bengals? Trubisky. You have two quarterbacks ready. I think. I think if if called upon, it's ready to come in an emergency. That's. I think he's ready and to come. Maybe, maybe hand off. You know. Hey, uh, he, game I'd manager. I have a veteran who's prepared for the Cincinnati Bengals six times in his life. That's just me. Hey, you, if and you can get some form. Great. But don't don't you know, I mean, don't say, well, you you did this and you did that. And I mean, this is the first time anybody's seen Pickett 
be able to show that he can do it. Everybody can say they were great predictors of what he could have done, but quarterbacks drafted in the second half of the first round don't always come through with predictions. Uh, so we, we've seen that he can do um, he can he can do this job. Now we don't know what he what he doesn't know. Right. I think I think the offense would change drastically if he was in there. I think he'd be more of a game manager. He wouldn't be, you know, he, he would be handing the ball off a lot. It'd be a lot of play action. Um, you know, I again, I just see. I just I just see you have two uh, division teams in the first three games, so I see no no reason to knock out your only in experienced quarterback as a backup well, right now, unless you get overwhelmed. Do you get a third or a fourth round draft pick? I'll take it because I don't know if he's going to get more than a fifth in the comp pick. But yeah. right now he's cheap. There's there's no reason to uh, worry about your cap and anything like that. I think the other thing too to keep in mind is just you know as you monitor preseason and you see some of these teams with quarterbacks who are getting injured. I know Zach Wilson for the Jets. He's got a bone bruise. I think a torn meniscus. But if let's say that there is an injury to a team to their quarterback and they become desperate, you know, maybe that does increase Mason's value. Um, but again, I think the quarterbacks played well across the board. Uh, really, I thought the offensive unit did much better than de- the defense. So we can get into that. But Jalen Warren, I know you, you don't like me going to the low, lowly part of the depth chart. But he's hey, not he, lowly. He's not lowly anymore. He does. He have a chance to unseat Benny Snell's a number two or is that too lofty? No, I mean, you got to start reading my stuff. Uh, Jalen, Jalen could be the number two, and in my opinion, should be the number two. Now, McFarland kind of gummed up the works with his impressive performance the other mm-hmm. day, but uh, was that real? You know, we don't know yet. He's got to do that again. Um, uh, I, I don't think Benny Snell's real. Uh, I think Jalen Warren's Warren's a real deal, except he fumbled. Um, so I also like Master T. You know, you want to. Uh, I say don't go to the bottom of the depth chart and here I go, but that was impressive. That was impressive. You know, vision was his problem, but he saw what little holes were there. You know, um, that's a big, fast, unknown running back. They may, they may have a major find right there. Yeah. So Jim, what did they do in in the event that let's say that Warren Teague and McFarlane all continue to play extremely well. And you want to? Will they keep four running backs, or will no. they try to put someone on the practice squad? How, they can how will keep that work? Few, they can keep as few as two, okay. because uh, Cameron uh, Connor Hayward is an emergency tailback. Okay, and uh, I think you want to. I think they're going to still keep Derek Watt. You know, I, I know everybody wants to package. Uh, everyone thinks that we can trade <laughs> Mason, <laughs> Derek Watt, Chase Claypool, and Devin Bush. For Roquan Smith. And, hey, that all sounds great. <laughs> I mean, you know, packaging your four worst players doesn't get you uh, a superstar inside linebacker. But not that Derek Watt's the worst player, but he's he's not uh, a fan favorite right now. Yeah. But uh, I think they keep him as a fullback. So there's three running backs right there. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see how Benny smell. Smell. <laughs> <laughs> and Snell makes this team, but uh, uh, Warren's a lock, and um, McFarland's still got to show it again because in, in two years he hasn't done anything. Um, but they could keep as few as two. They could keep two guys and then a practice squatter. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you would suspect they'll keep three. 
Mm-hmm. So McFarland has a good chance. Yeah. And just the yards per carry uh, for the running backs, McFarland, eight yards per carry, Warren, 5.7, Teague, 5.2. I mean, just, just a solid performance from the, the running backs. Wide receiver, George Pickens. Wow. He uh, And not just that catch that he made in the end zone. I don't know if you saw the clip of him uh, blocking that guy off the line. He just bowled him over. But, wow, he, he is – Every day, it looks like he is that guy. Yeah, he is that guy. Yeah. And then the the rest of the receivers, Tweeter or Gunner, he had a couple nice plays out there, got open, looks like a gritty ball carrier. Steven Sims, guy that they brought on last year from the Washington football team, great punt return and a good rush. Any thoughts on the receiving core? Well, Sims is the one that made the move. Um, he, he was a fumbler a couple years ago. I mean, he's done these kind of things. He has a big kick return on his resume. He has a big punt return. He has a big run and he has a big catch. Uh, he's done all that, but he's not an all pro like uh, Gunner is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Gunner, I think Gunner locked up a spot. Now Sims made a move on his. And if Calvin Austin is injured for any length of time, Steven Sims made a, made a, made a case. Mm-hmm. But Miles Boykin also was great on special teams coverage. That's a big man that went down and tackled. Yeah. Um, uh, and Anthony Miller, uh, 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 Cody White. Um, I, I think Vaughn's made a case, of course, game-winning touchdown play. I, I hope he knew how much time was left. I'm going to assume that he, he knew there were three seconds left instead of getting out of bounds and <laughs> kicking the field goal. <laughs> Um, you know, Vaughn's has done some things in camp, but I, I, man, you know, practice squad looks like his high, mm-hmm. uh, but it was Sims. Sims is the one that made, made the case. Cause we all know Pickett, uh, Pickens can do Pickens, Claypool, DJ, um, Austin. Now, if Austin's hurt, Sims made a move on that spot, but Gunner was a lock too. Yeah. Solid performance overall by the wide receivers. And then the offensive line, it's not a position I got to watch. Uh, too closely. I've been through the, the game twice now. Um, saw Dan Moore out there on the move a little bit, but also saw him getting overwhelmed. Kendrick Green was kind of iffy. Uh, James Daniels, I saw him, you know, finishing a play very hard, but the offensive line looked a little bit better, but I still think it's early. Anything on the O-line jump out to you? Well, um, good running, good running attack. Um, keep an eye on the interior. We know Dan Moore can play. I've been writing about that for a while. Dan Moore is uh, a player. The guy who beat him to, to sack Mason is also the guy who sacked uh, uh, Pickett. That guy's a second round pick. He looks like a ball player. So yeah. uh, kudos to him. But Dan Moore, Dan Moore can play. Chooks is Chooks. He's got a little better. Um, but the interior, just keep an eye on the interior because uh, – uh, Mason Cole's questionable. He just uh, seems to be a bridge guy. Mm-hmm. And Daniels is Daniels gets beat in pass pro every now and then. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kendrick Green, uh, I'm a Dotson guy. And Dotson's hurt again. Kevin Kendrick Green win by default. You know, he showed some decent things, but he's going to get overwhelmed. Yeah. The Khalil Davis, the guy who trucked that, ended that lateral game with extreme prejudice has been making plays like that all camp. You turn around him, uh, 68. It's like 68 again, Khalil Davis again. Mm-hmm. He, he, he ragged all Kendrick green in a one-on-one that I watched. Uh, so 
The interior is a question mark. Yeah. Uh, nothing too problematic against Seattle. You have to wonder about Seattle's front seven, yeah. just like you have to wonder about Pittsburgh's front seven when Seattle was gouging it. Yeah. Yep. So perfect segues shifting over to the defensive side of the football. I felt that they uh, underperformed again, a lot of no names out there, not starters, but wasn't very um, inspired by the depth. And I'll start with Devin Bush. Um I'm I'm concerned that he he's not going to be the player he was prior to injury. I, I try to focus specifically on him and watching the tape. And more of the same thing. He's not around the ball. He looks slow to the ball, out of position, gets caught up in the trash, can't get off of his blocks. Miles Jack, on the other hand, look aggressive, um, you know, with his run fills. Did you see similar things with Bush or do you think? Yeah, I'd like to see, you know, Miles Jack's going to have to stay healthy all season. I'd like, you know, we all want to see Mark Robinson, but again, rookies, you know, what do, what do they not know? Yeah. Uh, you know, Mark Robinson, I tell you, watch film of that sack, uh, that strip sack at the end. Uh, and when he gets into it, when he turns the corner and turns on the jets, he looks like Harrison. He's got mm-hmm. James Harrison traits. <laughs> And so, I mean, he's not the same player. He's not, doesn't have that kind of power. He doesn't have play the same position, but I just see some James Harrison there. It's going to take some time. And, uh, you know, I don't know that you start trading your backup guy uh, because with the Bengals coming in, you, you want a guy that knows the inside linebacker position. So I don't know if you can just cut everybody and play a rookie right away. Yeah. No, you agree with that, but you don't agree with quarterback. I was trying to make an analogy to quarterback. The same kind of position. They need a need a smart guy to play inside linebacker. But yeah. Mark Robinson was impressive. I mean, yeah. we, we want to waste time talking about Devin Bush and Robert Spillane. And, you know, it's just like, here we go again. You know, they obviously had two or three guys that couldn't do the, do the job last year. And now they have Miles Jack, and they've got to keep him healthy because he's one of those take Wednesday off guys. He's, he's always perpetually rehabbing a knee. So right. you got to keep him healthy. I'll jump up to the uh, defensive line again. Just a lot of a lot of the backups out there. Henry Mondo, sure he had a sack, but he was getting pushed back. Uh, Isaiah Lot Lottermilk was a little uneven. I did see a little bit of push from him, but again, you know he was inconsistent, so not much there. Tuska at the outside backer position really didn't do much of anything. So really, that front seven didn't. I didn't see much. Yeah, the guy I've been writing about, Delonte Scott, was unimpressive. So uh, um, that was the only guy I missed on in in my uh, previews. You know, I I praised uh, Warren, uh, Pickett, uh, Casey, uh, Robinson, and Delonte Scott, and Delonte Scott didn't play well. Uh, So uh, they're backup outside linebackers. I mean, do we go further down the depth chart and start looking at that 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 brick house they brought in. What, what's his? I don't know what's his name. Rondell. Yeah, Rondell something. Oh, he's built, and then uh, the other guy got a sack. Uh, Hamilcar. Rashad. Uh, Rashid. Yeah. yeah, Rashid. See, I got my mispronunciations. <laughs> Hamilcar Rashid. Yeah. Uh, so he had a sack. I mean, do you start looking at the closely at those guys? Two's our skipper recovered a fumble. So, you know, the backup uh, outside linebackers were disappointing. Uh, the backup defensive linemen, we know what they have, and we know what they didn't play with. Cameron, Tyson, Alulu, uh, Joby. It was three guys weren't even there. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, that's understandable. Um, yeah. You know, the safeties, I, I really like Casey. I, and as I wrote in my preview, don't be surprised if he's starting this season at strong safety. Wow. That's a... It's a big projection there. 
talk perfect segue again, man, you're two for two here, Jim, uh, talking about the secondary Trey Norwood stood out a little bit. He showed a little bit of, uh, you know, jump in development from last year to this year. Is he more? He'll always be, he'll always be speed. He'll yeah. always be, he'll always be speed deficient. Okay. But he is more physical. Yeah. Uh, same with Pierre, you know, people are raving about Pierre breaking up balls in the red zone. That's what he did last year. But I mean, cornerbacks have to be tested on a 50 yard goal pattern and that's where he's going to be speed deficient. So, uh, um, uh, you have three guys and next in line, Chris Steele didn't, I don't think he got in until the very last series. So it looks like they're still taking long looks at Justin Wayne and, um, Pierre. Mm-hmm. So they need a fourth corner. And, um, and, but I do like what KZ showed as the third safety. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting. So somebody wrote in our uh, message board that uh, with two free safeties, you can give a lot of different looks, especially the way uh, Minka can play strong safety. And you can, you can do a lot of things with Minka. Maybe, maybe this is the guy they've needed to do that, free up Minka. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be interesting. And K- KZ is my interview subject today. I'm, I'm going to seek him out. And I'm just going to keep an eye on what they do with him. I just have a hunch he could be a starter. Yeah. The last uh, player I'll mention before we wrap this up, because I know we're trying to keep this around 20 minutes, but Levi Wallace, I thought he was solid. He was around the ball. He looked aggressive, physical. Again, very early. You can't take too much away from one contest, but just in his limited action, I thought he did well. Well, that's another guy who's always going to be speed deficient, but he's Mm -hmm. tall and he's smart and he's a number three. And so, but, you know, speed will be the thing with him. Yep. All right, Jim. So we got another week of practice here. Then the Steelers are going to travel down to Jacksonville, Florida, to take on the Juggernaut Jaguars. Uh, what? Yeah. What, yep. what's... So Jacksonville, I would uh, definitely, I would start Mason. I, I would get him on the road so you and your family don't boo him again. <laughs> we didn't boo him. Oh, good for you. A lot of people did. When they cheered the strip sack, I thought of Terry Bradshaw's separated shoulder and being cheered as he was helped off the field in 1974. But um, uh, so I would start Mason this game. He, he, he's a road guy. Get him out of everyone's hair. Uh, let him think and operate. And Jacksonville's going to be a difficult uh, at Jacksonville, especially in the heat. And uh, I, I think they're a young, hungry defense. With a new coach, they'll play with a lot of enthusiasm. That won't be an easy game. So that'll be a good test for Mason. And then you you bring it home back again, and then you start Pickett in the third game, give him a lot of reps. Uh, maybe Trubisky. Trubisky gets a lot of reps in Jacksonville, too, because you got to get him ready to start. Yeah. So that's how I would line it up for Jacksonville. Right. And then on a defensive side of the ball, anything you're really looking forward to or players who need to step up? I don't know if I mentioned this, but I'm looking to see DeMonte Casey become the starting strong safety <laughs> well well said obviously they need an inside linebacker and they can pull that uh, trade for that bears inside linebacker and then extend him if omar has any magic left that would be that would be interesting that would i i would rush to the window to, to throw what are they 40 to 1 80 to 1 to win the super bowl i i'd throw 10 20 bucks on that if they picked up an inside linebacker all right. Well, stranger things have happened. And hey, speaking of stranger things, this is our first 20 minute podcast. We always go along, but we're trying to keep them a little bit more condensed here. Yeah, I tried. I tried to rush you along. <laughs> <laughs>
So don't don't blame <laughs> me for being impatient this time because we wanted you 20 minutes. There we go. Next time you'll know. Next time you'll know. There we go. All right, man. All right uh, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll see you on the next edition of the Still City Insider Podcast. Take care.